Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 19 for the win. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he really wants to be a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, Pat Flynn. So true, so true. Everybody, what's up? Welcome to the 19th session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. In this session, we're going to tackle YouTube. Now, YouTube is the number two search engine in the world. 35 hours of video footage is uploaded to the site every single minute, and more video, this is, this is interesting, more video is uploaded every 60 days on YouTube than the three major U.S. television networks have produced in 60 years. And over 2 billion videos are viewed every single day. It's, it's truly amazing, and it just boggles my mind. I mean, how does YouTube keep up with all this? But really, we should pay attention to YouTube because it can help our blogs and it can help our online businesses big time. For me, I started producing YouTube videos back in September of 2009. So what is that, like a year and a half ago? And in a year and a half, I've uploaded only 30 videos and have seen crazy and staggering results. I've seen a significant amount of traffic come to my sites directly from YouTube. And in fact, YouTube has consistently been one of the top five referring websites for the Smart Passive Income blog. In addition to that, I sometimes embed my videos within my blog post to enhance the content or explain something in a way that's much easier and convenient to do on video as opposed to text. And as a result, I give people more than one way to consume my content. And because I'm on my blog, in a podcast, and on YouTube, I'm seen more as an expert in my industry. And my videos have been viewed nearly half a million times, and I currently have over 3,200 subscribers, which means every time I upload a new video, 3,200 people immediately see it the next time they log into YouTube. And some of them, some of them even get notified via email, which is cool. So within a day or two after uploading a new video, I'll have a few thousand views, which is awesome. And I'm just really excited to talk about YouTube today because it's totally different than podcasting, totally different than writing on a blog, and it's a lot of fun too. It, it really is. But 
<laughs> the thing is, it wasn't always fun. And in fact, when I started out, creating videos where I just had to talk just scared the crap out of me. I mean, I, I, I've mentioned this before in regards to podcasting, but believe it or not, I was super shy. And as much as I love to write on the blog and respond to comments and put myself out there that way, when it came to shooting videos and hearing my own voice, it just terrified me. And I know this is a barrier for many of you out there because it was a big time barrier for me as well. But I forced myself to do it. I got more comfortable over time. And now I produce a video maybe twice a month, no problem. And I actually wish I had time to do more because like I said, it's fun. And the response and growth from my websites are just so significant. Now, for those of you out there struggling with putting yourself out there on YouTube, I totally get where you're coming from. I was there. But don't let that hold you back from at least giving it a shot because you never know. You'll never know what kind of impact this traffic stream can have on your business until you try. And that goes with anything, not just YouTube. And this is why I do all these different kinds of experiments on the blog because I don't really know if certain strategies will work until I try them. And I share my results with you, share my experiences so that you can make an educated decision to choose to follow my footsteps if it's something that works. And you can avoid wasting time if it's something that doesn't. And when it comes to YouTube, if done correctly, it works. And I'll share all of my strategies here with you today. Now, something that helped me when I was just first starting out with uh, creating YouTube videos was actually recording just my voice and not my face. So what I do is do a screen capture video, which kind of shows what's on my computer screen. And I do the tutorial on the computer while talking over the top. So I didn't have to worry about how I looked or what I was wearing or if I had like a booger on my face or anything, um, which are all all three, literally three things that I had uh, I was concerned about. Now, one of my first videos was a video that shows people how to set up a WordPress blog in less than four minutes. So I went through the registration process, installing WordPress and even changing the theme and writing a post all under four minutes. And I chose to do it Side note, I chose to do it under four minutes because I knew I needed something to catch people's attention since there were a ton of other how to create blog and how to upload WordPress videos on YouTube already. And that video actually took about 20 takes. And if you watch it, you'll be able to tell I was a lot more timid back then, a lot less comfortable with my voice, and just slower with my delivery. But still, that video has been viewed over 8,000 times. And because I talk about going through my affiliate link, or Bluehost within that video, I consistently see income as a result just, just from that video. And whenever people email me asking me how to do, uh, how to set up a blog or set up a WordPress site, I just send them to that video. And, you know, more often than not, they'll go through my affiliate link and I'll get a commission. Now, if you wanted to watch that video specifically so you can see how Tim and I was, uh, you can check it out by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash first video no spaces uh, smartpassiveincome.com slash first video it's a little embarrassing but it does remind me of how far i've come with my online presentations and confidence with my voice so i'm happy to share it with you so hopefully up to this point i've convinced you that youtube is awesome and can be very beneficial for your business and your blog and you don't need to be an expert in video production and you don't need to put your face on the screen in order to produce videos that could have an impact on your business. And if you're still scared, if you're really still scared about uploading videos, just think to yourself, what is the worst that can really happen? Like really, what is the worst that can happen? You upload a video, it gets no views, so what? You've learned from your experience and you can do you can only do better next time. And you know, if you follow the tips and tricks here in this podcast, I doubt you'll have zero views. So let's just keep going.
Now let's go over exactly how one can shoot and upload a video and the YouTube strategies that go along with it to make sure you're getting the most out of the work you do. Because let's face it, it takes a little bit of extra time to shoot a video, upload it, and especially if it's your first time going through the process, and, and I wanna make sure you do things right the first time, unlike myself when I was just kinda going through the motions and you know missed out on several opportunities for traffic and, and views and stuff like that. So I think the best way to do this would be just to kind of walk you through the process from scratch as if I were shooting a video and uploading it to YouTube myself and I'll explain why I do what I do and what needs to be done. So like I said, you can get the most out of your efforts. Again, that's why I'm here. So first let's talk about shooting and recording a video. As far as the topic of the video, it depends on what I feel would be beneficial to my audience. And if you're at all familiar with the Smart Passive Income blog, uh, you'll know that I cover a wide range of topics. So I can always find something to shoot a video about, even if it's something I've talked about on the blog before in text. You know, having a video version can be very beneficial and help get my message across to more people, especially since people can find me through YouTube search who would have never found me in my blog otherwise. And sometimes it's really easy to decide because I want to shoot a video to enhance a post that I'm working on to emphasize certain points or uh, you know, something that needs an actual demonstration. And other times I'll shoot a video on a hot topic as a standalone that doesn't go along with the blog post. Now, when I decide on the topic, I'll do a quick search in YouTube to see what similar videos have already been published of the same topic. So I can scroll through the comments to see what people are saying about them. If people are saying something is missing, I'll be able to make sure I cover that in my own video and vice versa. If people really like something, I'll be able to make sure I include that too, but you know, make it even better, of course. And to me, it doesn't matter if there's already a popular video about the subject that I wanna talk about. And actually, it's a good thing if there is because it means there are people who are watching about that content and interested in it. And also, I'll share with you later on how we can sort of piggyback off the success of other videos, not in a black hat, you know, illegal type of way, but in a totally legit and smart way. Uh, so look out for that later on in this podcast. So moving on. After I pick a topic, whether it's something that I will embed in a blog post or a standalone video on YouTube only, I obviously have to record it. Now, if I'm gonna do a recording uh, that requires me shooting an actual uh, video of me, you know, if it's myself talking on the screen or some footage of a place that I'm visiting, I'm gonna need an actual video camera, right? So uh, nowadays, you know, you can get these really small handheld video cameras that are just fantastic, which are pretty much built to shoot videos and easily post them online. I mean, I, some of them even have like an upload to YouTube function, which is pretty crazy. But there are several, uh, several of them out there. But the one I use and recommend, uh, which is recommended by a lot of other people, I know Cliff Ravenscraft is a, is a big proponent of this device. It's called the Kodak ZI8, the Kodak ZI8. Uh, you could check it out at uh, smartpassiveincome.com slash ZI8. That'll show you uh, my, that's an affiliate link to show you what it looks like on Amazon if you're interested in it. Now, like I said, it's handheld. What's cool is it has a built-in USB connection. So when I'm ready to upload, I can just flip that connection thing out and upload it directly onto my computer. And I think it's one of the only ones that also includes an audio line-in connection. So I can actually plug in a microphone with a one eight inch connector to record high quality audio, which is important because you know the video quality of the ZI8 is excellent. It records in HD, but don't forget about the audio and how important audio is too. I mean, you don't want the quality of your awesome video to be compromised by bad audio. 
And that being said, the built-in mic on the ZI8 works great by itself. So you don't need an external mic, but you do have the option with this camera, which is great. The price is about $114 on Amazon.com right now, which is a steal compared to how much cameras of the same recording quality used to cost even, you know, one, two, or three years ago. I mean, I remember those cameras, are, they're huge and, and a lot more expensive. Uh, technology is amazing. Now, if I'm going to do a demonstration on the computer that I'd like to record, uh, to record, also known as a screencast or a screen capture, I'm going to use some software on my computer that allows me to do that. Now, I use Camtasia for Mac since I'm on a Mac computer, but they also have a PC version called Camtasia Studio as well. You could check them out at techsmith.com slash Camtasia, techsmith.com slash Camtasia. There's one also called ScreenFlow, which is for Mac only. That is very popular as well and works just like Camtasia for Mac. Uh, so it's up to you. I'll, you know, all these links, I'll have them up on the show notes uh, on uh, on the blog. Now, these are paid pieces of software, and they do come with a lot of great features and editing capabilities, you know, like adding text, transitions between uh, frames and things like that, which are definitely worth it in my opinion. However, I know some of you don't have the cash right now to get these. So for you, there's actually a free one, um, which is for, I think it's only for PC users, but I have to double check. Um, it's called Cam Studio, C-A-M-S-T-U-D-I-E. No, sorry, C-A-M-S-T-U-D-I-O, Cam Studio. Uh, you can check them out at camstudio.org. And like I said, it's free. And although I haven't used it myself, I've heard some really good things about it. And I've seen others recommend it as well. So again, camstudio.org. And to add to the tutorial type of videos, you know, a lot of people have asked me specifically how I shoot mine. Because if you've seen my videos before, it looks like I'm writing on a kind of blackboard background on the computer. And people are loving it and want to do it themselves. And of course, I'm happy to share with you how that works. So this is what I do. In Photoshop, uh, and I, I guess you could use any type of other paint or you know Photoshop-like application like GIMP uh, maybe, which is free. In Photoshop though, I created a background that has my logo and web address on it with a bunch of open space in the middle for writing. And I made it dark so that when I write, the white writing stands out. Now since YouTube is a predominantly white website, okay, sorry, that, <laughs> please don't misinterpret me uh, when I said when I say that um, YouTube is there's a lot of white color on YouTube so you know the dark screen with the white text just it, it just looks uh, really nice and clean so I have my background image which I created again with my logo and stuff which is uh, the size is 1280 by 720 at full size which is the recording size for HD video I mean you could do 640 by 480 or any of those other ones but you know just to get a really nice clean looking screen I do 1280 by 720 uh, that's the size of the HD videos that YouTube will accept and also in all those pieces of software that record your desktop they record in 1280 by 720 as well and I simply create a layer on top of it to write on. And I use my pen tool, and that's what I record when I'm doing my presentation. And that's it. You know, it has a really, really cool effect. So feel free to try that on your own. You know, borrow it, take it. You don't have to credit me for it. You know, I've taught a few others how to do this, and they and their audiences are loving it. You know, it's just like they're in a classroom setting. You know, I think it keeps people more engaged when watching your videos since they are actually seeing you 
right in real time rather than you know just pressing a button and text appears like in PowerPoint or Keynote. And it does, you know, I will warn you though, it does take some practice to speak and write at the same times. Uh, sometimes you'll find yourself writing within, and then there's no audio or you'll be talking and there's no writing on the screen. You know, it does take some practice. Now, other times in my videos, you'll see me viewing some websites. And actually, I have a pen that circles and highlights whatever part I want to point out. So this is this is outside of Photoshop now. Uh, and this comes in really handy when do, doing presentations and demonstrations as well when I'm talking about other websites, which I obviously can't show in Photoshop unless I were to do screen uh, screen captures and all this stuff. It gets kind of crazy. But the tool I use to get this pen effect on top of the computer screen, uh, no matter what is on, on my computer screen, is called Omnidazzle, O-M-N-I-Dazzle. And it's a free tool for Mac users. If you're on PC, I know Camtasia Studios allows you to draw on your screen as well. Uh, they have a pen tool for that. Uh, you know, of course, it's a little tough to write and circle things using a mouse. So I have a small pen and tablet set up right next to my computer. Uh, the brand name I'm looking at it right now, it's uh, Wacom, W-A-C-A-M. It's a little, uh, it's actually a, it's called the Fun Bamboo Tablet. And it comes with a little pen and you can write. So it's a lot easier than using your mouse. Um, and you can actually check out my gizmos and gadget, my gizmos and gadgets post to get the specs on all the different pieces of equipment I use in my office, including my pen and tablet, my podcasting equipment, and everything. Um, you can check that out. Or uh, you know, I'll have a link on the show notes. Actually, you know what I'm going to do from this point on? Uh, I'm going to create a short link that goes to the show notes for all of my podcasts. So. For example, for this session, session 19, if you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 19, it'll take you directly to the show notes for this particular episode with all the links and and all that good stuff. So I'll be doing this for each session here on out. I think that would be a great thing to do. Uh, so, you know, smartpassiveincome.com slash session whatever. Uh, no spaces, and I'm... I'm giving you the number, not writing out the number, but at the actual number. So smartpassiveincome.com slash session session 19. Um, and I'll have to go back and do that for the rest of them. So if the other ones don't work right away, I'm probably still working on it. But this one should work immediately, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 19. So moving on. So those are the things I use to record the videos. And when I'm recording, I like to keep a few things in mind. First, I'll make sure my video is going to be less than 15 minutes in length, which is YouTube's current video time limit for uploads. And if you're a YouTube partner, which I'll, which I'll get to later on, and I'll explain exactly what that means, your time limit is waived. So just know, you know, if you're a regular YouTube user, if you just signed up, 15 minutes is the time limit for most people. And you can break up videos into different parts if you need to, but it's not automatic and it does take some editing if you're going to do that. So even though there's a 15-minute limit, I'll aim to keep my video at about five to six minutes or less, actually, because it's tough to keep people's attention for 15 minutes straight. And five minutes seems to be that sort of sweet spot. So for some of you, it'll be extremely easy to fill in 15 minutes of content. I mean, time really does fly when you're recording, trust me. And if you absolutely need that much time for your video, go right ahead, but try to keep it short and sweet because that will ensure you're getting your point across much faster, the content in your video is relevant and to the point, and you're not wasting anybody's time, including your own. And if you have any calls to action or links you want people to visit to at the end 
uh, of your video, they'll get to that point much sooner in your presentation. So first things first, when I record a video, I'll quickly introduce myself. Hi, this is Pat Flynn from the Smart Passive Income blog. So myself and my brand, and I'll immediately share what I'll be covering. You know, I'll also guesstimate how long the video will be, and both of these things, both both of these things combined, uh, a quick outline and how long it'll take to watch it, will really set up your viewer to be engaged in what you're presenting. So if I was doing a video on YouTube presentations, I'd be like. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Pat Flynn from the Smart Passive Income blog. Today's video, I'm gonna spend maybe three to four minutes showing you exactly how to use tags and create a description that'll get you more traffic for your blog. Something like that. Uh, so, you know, immediately three to four minutes show, telling you exactly what it's about. Um, and that's all, that's all you need. That's really all you need to start off with. Now skip the long intros and the fancy music and all that stuff. You don't need it. Uh, get right into the content and your audience will appreciate it. In some of my early videos, I had title screens with music and it like, you know, 30 seconds of music and me explaining stuff and rambling. It was just too much. And now, uh, as you know, with the podcast, I always go right quick in, uh, into the intro and then into the content. I think you like it better that way, uh, I hope. <laughs> and at the end of my video... Now we're jumping to the end of the video. Uh, I'll wrap up by saying thanks, and I'll always include some type of call to action. And it's very, very important to include a call to action because people need direction, and they will follow it. If you give, especially if you give them great content, they will follow your call to action at the end. So sometimes it's saying something like, you know, visit my blog at smartpassiveincome.com for more information. Or sometimes I'll put in specific links or other calls to action like, Please go to ebooksofsmartway.com to get your free ebook and sign up for my newsletter. You know, stuff like that. It's up to you. Now, other things you may want to consider suggesting is, uh, you know, again, we're at the end of the video, is to subscribe to your YouTube channel or leave a comment and rating for your video, which helps with the search results for your target keywords. All very helpful stuff. You know, I wouldn't include all of those things in one video, but I maybe select two, uh, maybe one or two things to suggest as a call to action at the end of your recording. Because if you had like four calls to actions, you know, people are going to get confused and they're not going to do any. So one or two. So here's a sample, uh, something you could say at the end of a video. This is what I would say. So for example, hey, thanks for watching and come say hi to me on Facebook at patonfacebook.com and be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel by clicking the yellow subscribe button at the top so you can get more videos just like this immediately after they go live. And there you go. So if you wanted to get even more Ninja, and I've seen a few expert YouTubers do this, when they make that announcement, they actually edit in a video that shows a screencast or screen recording of someone actually going to those web pages or clicking those buttons. Uh, hearing a call to action is one thing, but actually seeing it at the same time will get more people to do it. So, you know, you could just set up an outro one time that does all that for you that you can include at the end of all your videos so you don't even have to worry about it anymore. Uh, you know, it's just copy paste every time you record. And this is something I have not done, you know, the whole video, audio, call to action combined, but after talking about it just now, it sounds like something I definitely should be doing, and I probably will. So now that we have completed recording, uh, it's up. It's time to upload to YouTube. But first, we have to sign up for YouTube and create a channel. Now, signing up for YouTube is pretty self-explanatory, but there are some things you should do after you sign up regarding your YouTube channel, which is your sort of uh, user page on YouTube that people see when they click on your name. 
before you actually upload your first video. So you could after you, you could you could change things after you upload your first video if you wanted to, and you can always you know make changes to your channel in the future after that. But it's it's good to get the stuff out of the way in the beginning. Uh, so just keep that in mind. So when you sign up, know that your username will be the YouTube channel URL. So for example, my username on YouTube is Smart Passive Income, and my channel URL is YouTube.com/smartpassiveincome. And this makes it really easy to remember and easy to forward to people, especially in the podcast. So just keep that in mind. The username you select actually means something. It becomes your URL. So if you can get your name or your brand or whatever it is that you want to be there, that, that's great. Now, there are areas within your channel that you could include information about yourself and your brand. So make sure you take advantage of those as well. There's also a spot to include a link to your homepage, an actual live link that people can click on. So make sure you add that too. And this not only helps people direct people to you, uh, from your channel to your website, but it also becomes a high page rank, highly authoritative link that points back to your site, which can boost your search engine rankings. And even though, yes, it is a no-follow link, uh, which means Google doesn't give it full credit as a true backlink in its algorithm, it still plays a major role in the entire search engine optimization of your website. So, you know, and, and remember, you know, Google does own YouTube, you know, it's all connected, so. Now the last thing you should do with your channel is to customize the look and feel of it. Now you can include a background that includes your logo, your picture, and even some more information about your site and your brand, uh, calls to action, and you can also change the colors of your channel to match your brand as well. Highly recommended that you do that. You know, keeping things consistent between all channels of communication, whether it be your blog, website, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, you know, it'll only make you and your brand more memorable. And if people see you and your logo in all these different places, it's going to make a big difference and people will remember you. So now let's get to uploading a video. Once you set up your channel and your video is finished, it's ready to upload. So if you've done your video on Camtasia and I believe ScreenFlow and if maybe you've edited it in iMovie or uh, you know any other software on your computer, you know at least check. You can usually automatically upload f from the software to your YouTube account directly. So you don't even have to sign in to YouTube manually and upload that way, which is very convenient because you don't have to deal with the file types and converting and all that stuff. But immediately after it has uploaded, you should change the title the description, and the tags, which is exactly what we're going to talk about next. So first, let's talk about your title. You want to treat the title of your video the same way that you would treat the title of any blog post that you write. Make sure they contain target keywords that relate to your video and make sure they're interesting, not generic. And you want it to be interesting because when people search for something, there will be several different results that come up for a search query in YouTube. And a good title, just like a good headline, in a newspaper or on a, on a blog or whatever, it will get people to click and view it. And having a keyword rich title is important because remember, YouTube is a search engine and many YouTube videos are picked up by Google search as well. So there's a potential to get traffic not only from YouTube search, but Google search as well. And the title is very, 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 very important for that. So here's a cool trick uh, that I wanna share with you. So when, uh, when you're about to change the title of your video, before you do that, type in your primary keywords into YouTube search and see what comes up. Now you'll get a quick glance at which videos are the most popular, the ones that get the most traffic. Use the titles of those videos as inspiration because 
And here's the tip. Some similar titled videos will show up next to other videos in the related videos area, or I think they might call it now the suggested videos area on the right-hand side of the page. Um, and you know, and after the video is over, on the video itself too. So if your video shows up there because you have similar titles, there is always a potential for people to click over and check out your video too. So more exposure means more traffic, and having a similar title to very popular videos is an easy way to increase your exposure. Now, you don't want to be exactly the same, but just use it as an inspiration. Pull out the, the primary keywords that are there, um, primary and secondary keywords that are there, to make your video relate to those popular vid videos. So again, you show up in the suggested video area. Now, let's talk about the description of your video. Now, the description is where you tell people what your video is about. It sounds easy, right? But there are a few important tips you need to know about. Now, the most important tip is to always start the description with the web address of your website or whatever it is that you're promoting. Again, always start the description with the web address of your website. Now, the first thing in my description is always a URL because the link will show up and be active in the little snippet of description below the video itself. If you include it even just a few words later, it's going to be hidden. And the only way that it'll be shown is if someone clicks on that more info button at the bottom, which may or may not happen that often. Probably doesn't really happen that often. So again, make sure the URL is first and also make sure it includes the HTTP colon slash slash. Uh, or else it's it's not going to be an active link and it won't be clickable. So, you know, I receive hundreds of visits a day as a result of these links in the description. So don't miss out on the opportunity. So, oh, and of course, you know, duh, write a good description to go along with your link because people, some people do actually read those things. And if you give them a nice call to action at the bottom and, and you can include more than one link in the description, but again, make sure it has the HTTP colon uh, slash slash in it. You can get people to subscribe or sign up for your newsletter or comment and rate your videos too um, just by simply asking in your description. So next up, let's talk about the tags. So we've covered the title, your description. Now we're going to talk about the tags. Now along with the uh, your title and description, you can add tags, which are pretty much related terms or keywords to help YouTube understand what your video is about. And it's important for both the search results and also the related video, suggested video section in other videos like I talked about with the title. Now, similar to the trick I talked about with the title, you can do the same thing with the tags. Type in your primary keyword in YouTube, find the most viewed videos, open them up, click on the more info thing underneath the bottom so you could view the tags. And if you want to show up next to those videos in the search results or in the related video sections, copy all of those tags, each and every one of them. I mean, you can delete the sort of random ones with names and other things that don't make sense, but use as many as you can and use them on your own video. You know, the work is already done for you. This really, really works. And I do it all the time. And after a little bit of time, you know, my own videos show up right next to those popular ones and start to see a lot more views as a result. So that is, you know, while you're uploading your videos, or right after you uploaded your videos, your title, your description, and tags. Very important, probably the most important stuff to do with your video after you upload it. Now, here are some more things uh, after you've uploaded your video that you should pay attention to. First is the preview image. So after your video is uploaded and processed, which 
takes a few minutes. You know, you can edit the video and change the thumbnail or preview image that shows up on the screen. Now, the thing is, and this, this, a lot of people hate this, you know, YouTube will only give you three pictures, three pictures from your video to choose from. And the one you select is the one that shows up in the searches, uh, both in YouTube and in Google and anywhere else your video is shown. So even when you embed the video on a blog post, that's the image, the image you select from those three kind of preview images, that's the image people will see on the video before they click play. So the image itself can really have a drastic effect on how many people actually view it. And here's the general rule of thumb. Pick the most interesting and eye-catching preview image. You know, a lot of people just don't even care about this, but it's it's hugely important because it, it can make a big difference in the amount of people that watch the video. So the more interesting and eye-catching it is, the more interesting and eye-catching it is, the more it'll stand out from the rest of the thumbnail images and searches, and the more views you will have, period. So the question that gets asked to me the most time about the preview image is, is it random or is there any way to somehow place the images in your movie so that it shows up in the preview image choices? Well, it's not totally random. I'll tell you that. The images chosen for you are actually in and around the 25% mark, the 50% mark, and the 75% mark of your video. However, it's not exact. It's, it used to be exact, uh, and I, I think for a while people would throw up boring videos, uh, and in certain parts of the video they'd just put pictures of a hot chick or something uh, just to get that preview image and get more views. But I don't think uh, YouTube, I think YouTube caught on to that and they don't make it exact anymore. It's just kind of in the general 25, 50, 75% area of the video. I actually just uploaded two versions of a video just recently. Um, for for a client that I was working with. And the only difference was some of the beginning frames and the preview images were all sim in similar areas of the video, but not exactly the same. So I think YouTube did change that. It's not exact. So, you know, again, just w whenever you're thinking about the preview image, just general rule of thumb, pick the one that is the most interesting, the one that you believe stands out from the crowd. So another thing you should definitely utilize uh, with your videos after you've uploaded them are annotations. Now annotations are little pop-ups that show up on top of your video, and to be honest, they're, they're pretty ugly, but that's a good thing. Now why? Because you can't miss them. So if you have some type of announcement or some type of call to action you'd like people to make sure they see, use an annotation, and you can control the annotations, you know, font size, color, what they look like, where they're placed in the video, and for how long and when they disappear. So you can actually use them to tell people to subscribe to your channel, leave a comment or rating, or ask for a video response or link to another video. So let's say, for example, you have a three-part video series in YouTube. You can actually add annotations at the end of each video to link to the next one. And yes, you can actually add the link in the annotation for that, which is pretty cool. But you have to realize that you can only link to stuff within YouTube in your application or in your annotations, excuse me. You can't link to external pages. So you can link to other videos. You can link to other channels, playlists. You can, uh, you, there's actually a, an option to have people automatically subscribe to your channel uh, by clicking on a link in your annotation. And even uh, you can set up a YouTube search query in your annotation. I don't, I can't see how useful that would be, but you do have that option. So I've used annotations in videos I've done about Facebook because they, because Facebook keeps updating their stuff all the time. 
So I have to keep creating new videos for stuff like how to create a Facebook landing page. And rather than just deleting the old videos and losing my rankings in the search engines, I think I rank number one for Facebook landing page right now. Uh, but that's the old video. So what I do is I put an annotation over the first minute of the video with a link to my newer video. So that way I can make sure you know, I capture the, all the traffic I was supposed to get from the first video, even though it was outdated. So a lot of people also use annotations like speech bubbles or thought bubbles, you know, during their video. So they can be used for entertainment and keeping people engaged during the video too, which is pretty cool. It sort of reminds me of those old VH1, you know, pop-up videos, uh, pop-up videos, uh, which I definitely remember holding my attention for quite a long time. So that's another thing you could think about with annotations. So again, we covered the preview image and annotations. Another thing to uh, think about with your videos is the transcript for the for the video. So transcriptions of your videos, you know, written text of the audio or uh, you know of what is said in your video can be a very very powerful tool. And I actually just finished up an entire blog post about this last week about how I use transcripts, uh, especially for this podcast and what it has done for me. But just to give you the main points. It obviously helps those who cannot listen to the content, either those who are hearing impaired or those who don't have sound or on their computers or aren't allowed to listen to audio on their computer. Maybe they're at work or something. Um, maybe you're at work right now and you're listening to this, which is kind of cool. Um, it also helps you to reach new audiences because that content can be syndicated out to places like article directories and on your blog. And if people listen or watch your stuff and want to go back to find a certain part of it, uh, you know, going through the transcript is much, much easier than scrolling back and forth in the video or in the audio uh, clip um, a lot easier. And lastly, it helps with search engine optimization because the search engines don't listen to audio or they don't watch the videos and they don't understand the content of what's in our videos. They read the description, they read the tags, they read the title, and any text from things like transcripts that go along with it. So that being said, you know, YouTube actually has the capability now to add captions and subtitles to a video. And I think you just have to get your video transcribed, upload a text file in the caption subtitle area when you edit your video, and it'll automatic somehow it automatically times it correctly for you. Um, pretty cool stuff. Now, what this does is it actually adds text to your video, not only on the screen, uh, so people can read it while the video is playing, but behind the scenes too, so that search engines actually have relevant text to look at related to your video, which will boost your search engine rankings both in Google and in YouTube. And this is something I've just discovered that I'm actually going to play around with the next time I upload some videos, So, which is uh, pretty cool. So, you know, YouTube also has something called uh, machine transcription uh, that will automatically write and input the words that are said during your video on the screen for you. But I think this is really new still. They're trying to figure it out uh, because for all the videos I tried this on, and I've tried every single video that I have, uh, it failed. It didn't work. Um, but, you know, it's really new, so maybe it's just not ready. Uh, maybe you need to upload a certain type of video or the audio in your video has to be recorded in a special way. I don't know. All I know is it wasn't working for me. We'll see if it works later on. So now the next thing I'd like to talk about are video responses. Now there are two things you could do with video responses. A video response is, you know, there's a video up there 
and that you like or whatever and you can just post your own video as a response to that video. And what happens is those video responses get shown directly underneath that video. So it's a it's a great way to possibly piggyback off the success and traffic going to those videos. Uh, you know, and, and, and your title, your preview image, and everything is, is there on that highly trafficked video. So if you have a video about a particular topic, you might want to do that search again for that most popular, most viewed video that is already on YouTube and post a video response to it using your own. Now, when you do this, the owner of the video you're posting a response to must approve of your response. So sometimes you send in a request and nothing happens. Uh, and that's why. I mean, it hasn't been approved by the owner. But if you develop a relationship with them first, maybe friend them on YouTube, uh, send them a message just saying you like their stuff. I mean, if if they're getting all this traffic, it might be a person that you really should be getting in contact with because they are in your niche. Uh, and what happens is after you develop that relationship, if you send them a video, they'll probably be more likely to uh, get your video approved, your, get your response approved. It's not guaranteed, obviously, but it'll be more likely, especially if you guys become friends. So besides responding to other people's videos, you can actually respond to your own. And this is what a lot of the top YouTubers will do to their previous videos to help promote new ones, especially those who come out with new episodes on a regular basis because it makes it easy for people to click to the next one because like I said, it's right there. And because you are the owner of your own videos, of course, you're going to approve your own video. So you you have extra exposure and linkage right there on your older videos to your new videos. So the last thing I want to talk about today in regards to YouTube is actually making money on YouTube. And I've touched briefly about this earlier when I was talking about my Bluehost video. You know, that very first video that I created where I uh, said I was making money from it because I was offering people an affiliate link through that video. Now, people can click on the affiliate links in your description because they're clickable, but when you mention links in your video, uh, you know they have to be easy to remember, um, clean, and, and not very long so that people can go to them. Uh, you know, Affiliate links typically are very long and nasty with a lot of different numbers and symbols. So what you want to do is you want to use something that will make people go through a different link that'll actually connect to that affiliate link. So if you're on a WordPress site, you can use a WordPress plugin called Pretty Link. It's one that I use all the time. It makes it easy for me to create uh, nice looking links with my affiliate links. So for example, my Bluehost affiliate link, which is really long, it has all these different numbers. It's just simply smartpassiveincome.com slash Bluehost. Easy to remember. I can say it on video, people will be you know, it's a lot easier for people to go to. Again, that's the WordPress plugin called Pretty Link. And sometimes, you know, you can even purchase a domain name from like GoDaddy or wherever you buy domain names from and have it forward to an affiliate link. So it's really, it's even easier. So uh, for example, I have a, a keyword research webinar replay that I refer people to. Um, and that link is like smartpassiveincome.com slash, uh, it's really long with all these dashes and stuff, and uh, it's difficult to mention in a video. So I just simply bought a domain name, keywordresearchwebinar.com, and when you go to keywordresearchwebinar.com, it forwards people to that specific link, so it's a lot easier to mention on a video or on a podcast, so you can check that out if you'd like. But you know, besides affiliate links and stuff like that, there are more ways to make money on YouTube. 
If you get enough views for your videos, you can actually become a partner with YouTube and choose to have advertisements on your video. And they work just like Google AdSense. So when people click on them, you get paid. And I actually make a good chunk of change each month from YouTube. I actually cannot tell you how much that is uh, per their agreement. I cannot disclose that. But uh, I can tell you that it's a it's a decent amount of money you know, that I'm happy to see in my bank account each month because, you know, just people clicking on ads on the videos. So now there are two things that can happen. You know, if you have a viral video or a video with a lot of views in a short period of time, um, and, you know, the number the numbers may vary, but usually when I get about a couple thousand views in a couple days, you know, YouTube will email me and say, hey, do you want to partner with us with that particular video? And with that particular video only, I could sign up through Revenue, Revenue Share, which, you know, all I have to do is connect an AdSense account, and that's how I get paid. So again, every time someone clicks on those ads, uh, when they watch a video, I, I get a little bit of money. So that happens when one of my particular videos gets a lot of views in a short period of time. Now, the other way to make money off your videos is if you actually become a YouTube partner yourself. So your entire account is enabled for revenue sharing, not just one particular video, but you yourself as a YouTube user is a partner. Now, in order to do this, you have to apply to become a partner. And this, uh, you know, you give them data on how many views you've had, why you should become a partner. It's, it's a real application process. Uh, you could check it out at youtube.com slash partners. And if you do become one, you can enable revenue share on all of your videos. Uh, but, you know, a lot of other cool things can happen too. So, one, you actually, if you become a partner, you no longer have a time limit on your videos. You know, you can upload videos that are two, three hours long if you wanted to, uh, which would be crazy. But maybe you had a presentation that you want to throw up there that's, that's a couple hours long. You could do that if you are a partner. So you don't just have a 15-minute limit anymore, which is awesome. Second thing, if you become a partner, you can upload your own preview and thumbnail images for each of your videos, which is huge. I mean, just imagine how many more videos and clicks, uh, you know, how many more clicks and views you can get by putting your own preview image on there. But of course, it must be appropriate. You know, they're not going to accept, you know, picture of a hot chick uh, unless you're in the hot chick niche or whatever. But uh, they, you know, they must be appropriate. Uh, and number three, I think you could do more as far as branding your channel page and even putting, you know, more of a custom look to it than a non-partner could do. Uh, so, you know, I mean, the, the big things for me really are the time limit on the videos uh, and also the your own preview thumbnail image. And, of course, you know, being able to revenue share through all of your videos. So check that out. I'm not sure what the minim, uh, minimum video view count or subscriber count or whatever it is before you can get accepted, but you never know until you apply. So again, uh, you can do that at youtube.com slash partners. And, uh, and, and that's it. So that's YouTube, and that's how you can maximize your efforts with video on YouTube. And just to reiterate, it's been huge. It's been huge for expanding my brand, reaching new audiences, and really enhancing my existing content too. So if you haven't already, start a YouTube channel. I just post up a video, even if you don't know exactly what you're going to be putting on there uh, now or in the future. Just start with one video, just a recording of yourself welcoming people to the channel and why they should follow follow you. You know, and if you don't know how to answer that, just think about the kind of business or blog that you have. You know, what would you say to someone who asks you why should I read your blog or why should I be interested in your in your business? And if you can't answer that, 
then then you've got some major thinking to do, uh, and you should probably start at the beginning and worry about YouTube later because that's a really important that you should know that. Now, hopefully, you can answer that question. You know, think of it as your elevator pitch, and if 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 you will, you know, posting a video and just getting started with it should be really easy, uh, and, and just to get the ball rolling. And and don't worry, you know, nobody cares what you look like, nobody cares what your voice is like. Uh, nobody cares what your room looks like if you're shooting videos uh, with your room in the background. If you can provide good content, you're gonna be okay. You know, trust me on that one. So good luck to you. And if you have any specific questions, feel free to ask them in the comment section on the blog. Again, at smartpassiveincome.com/session19, which has all the show notes for this session as well. Again, smartpassiveincome.com/session19. And as always, you know, thank you so much for your support. Please head on over to patonfacebook.com and say hello. And until next time, I wish you all the best. And remember, the harder you work, the luckier you become. And with enough work up front, you can live a passive income lifestyle. So good luck, and uh, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.